Welcome to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Core Concepts of Emergency Medicine. Welcome to this week's Core Concepts, brought to you by the EM Guidewire team from the Carolinas Medical Center EM Group. Today we have Jeremy Driscoll, Dr. Christine Murphy, and myself, Nikki Richardson. This week's installment is sponsored by My Last Hour of My Clinical Shift. When chaos reigns no matter how the rest of my shift is gone. Last Hour of My Clinical Shift. Now let's get on with the show. Today we're going to be talking about methylene blue, that mysterious blue substance that everyone wants to push because it looks so cool, but most do not understand. Luckily, today we have with us someone who actually understands the stuff, one of our esteemed toxicology faculty members, Dr. Christine Murphy. So, Dr. Murphy, what exactly is methylene blue? Methylene blue is a derivative of a phenothiazine dye. It's got multiple uses in chemistry and biology, but in medical toxicology or in the emergency department, we usually use it for methemoglobinemia. However, there are many other lesser-known uses. All right, so let's start with the basics and discuss methemoglobinemia. All right, time to go back to biochemistry, folks. Methemoglobinemia occurs when ferrous iron and hemoglobin is oxidized to ferric iron. Iron in the ferric state is unable to bind to oxygen, thus shifting the oxygen-hemoglobin dissociation curve to the left. Methemoglobinemia can be genetic due to hereditary defects, think the blue people of Kentucky, or acquired due to toxins such as nitrates or nitrites, local anesthetics such as benzocaine or cetacaine spray, sulfonamides, aniline dyes, dapsone, peridium, or primaquine, or sometimes in massive, overwhelming diarrhea in infants. Massive, massive, overwhelming Well, massive, overwhelming diarrhea sounds like something I really want to talk more about. Let's start with the basics and talk about what methylene blue actually does in methemoglobinemia. So in methemoglobinemia, methylene blue reduces the heme group from the ferric iron to the ferrous iron. So it converts methemoglobin back to hemoglobin. That sounds easy enough. So what else can methylene blue be used for? Well, this is where it gets really interesting. Research has demonstrated the successful use of methylene blue in cases of vasoplegia. So that's when patients have a catecholamine and fluid-resistant distributive shock, things like septic shock. It has also been used in patients who develop refractory hypotension during hemodialysis, for patients who have vasoplegia following cardiac bypass surgery, and those with anaphylactic shock. Additionally, there have been several studies showing the use of methylene blue to treat undifferentiated vasoplegia from toxins and angioedema related to anaphylaxis. Let's start with treatment-resistant shock. For this discussion, we're going to have to go back one more time to medical school biochemistry and review the biochemical and physiologic causes of shock. And in this case, it all boils down to nitric oxide. Nitric oxide. That's one of the major players in vasodilation seen in distributive shock. Nitric oxide is produced from L-arginine by both inducible and endothelial NO synthase. Nitric oxide then activates soluble guanylyl cyclase, which leads to an increase in cyclic GMP, and the increase in cyclic GMP causes vasodilation through vascular smooth muscle relaxation. Exactly, and specifically in anaphylactic shock, it has been shown that the histamine release leads to upregulation of endothelial endosynthase gene expression, leading to an increase in NO production. Correct. And methylene blue inhibits soluble guanylyl cyclase, thus blocking the increase in cyclic GMP to prevent nitric oxide endothelium-dependent relaxation in vascular smooth muscle. So it prevents or stops vasodilation. All right, I got it. 
So how does methylene blue then reverse angioedema? Well, that's a great question because the answer is we don't know. There are papers describing the rapid reversal of anaphylaxis-related angioedema and capillary leak after methylene blue administration, but to date I have found nothing describing the exact mechanism of action for this effect. So as emergency physicians, what do we need to know about methylene blue administration in cases of treatment-resistant distributive shock, angioedema, and methemoglobinemia? First, the dose and route of administration is important. Methylene blue can be given as a bolus of 1 to 2 milligrams per kilogram pushed over 1 to 2 minutes. Or it can be given as an infusion of 1 to 2 milligrams per kilogram over 1 to 2 hours. And that's for distributive shock and angioedema. For methemoglobinemia, the dose is 1.5 milligrams per kilogram as a push dose. In cases of anaphylactic shock and angioedema, the bolus dosing is used for rescue therapy, while the infusion dosing is used for more severe cases following the bolus. And it's important to remember that the half-life of methylene blue in the average healthy adult is about five hours, and there have been case reports of the bolus dosing wearing off in about four hours. This is important to remember if using methylene blue in cases of treatment-resistant shock, as in these cases, an infusion may be needed after the initial bolus to maintain the effect of the therapy. Okay, what about the side effects? Is there anything we need to warn our patients about when we're ready to give them this methylene blue? That's another great question. The drug itself can burn a bit when it's given as a push dose, so it's important to warn patients about that, but it's typically transient, very well tolerated, and they seem to tolerate it better than when they're receiving the medication as an infusion. Given that methylene blue is a dye, it can also cause blue-green discoloration of the skin, urine, sclera, and it can interfere with the light wave emission of the pulse oximeter. So you may want to warn your staff and the patients that the pulse ox readings may be falsely low on the machine. There have also been reports of nausea, headaches, and abdominal pain, as well as dizziness. But in my experience, patients haven't had these side effects. So if I'm giving methylene blue to someone in anaphylactic shock, and I'm worried about their airway and the potential of having to intubate them, and now I've just given them a drug that takes away my ability to accurately measure their pulse ox, what do I do in that case, and how do I, how do I go about managing that? So good news is this effect of an abnormally low pulse ox reading is transient. I usually make sure that the patient has 100% oxygen saturation or normal oxygen saturation before giving the medication, make sure that nursing is aware of it, sees it on the monitor as well, and then monitor the patient's clinical status while we are getting that reading of an abnormally low pulse ox. All right, that makes sense. Any more serious adverse effects? It's important to remember that methylene blue can cause hemolytic anemia in carriers of the G6PD enzymatic deficiency and can actually induce methemoglobinemia at high doses. Right. Methylene blue is also a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, so it can precipitate serotonin syndrome in patients taking other serotonergic drugs such as SSRIs or SNRIs, things like duloxetine, venlafaxine, and the TCAs, clomipramine, or amipramine. So does this mean we should avoid use of methylene blue in patients on SSRIs? Not exactly. Serotonin syndrome has been documented in patients that have received greater than or equal to 7 milligrams per kilogram of methylene blue all at one time, and this is typically during surgical procedures. So when dealing with a patient that has vasoplegic shock or someone with anaphylactic shock and edema, I wouldn't be as worried about it, especially with the dosing that we're talking about. When you're treating patients with ACE inhibitor-related angioedema or those that have recurrent hypotension during dialysis, I think a careful review of the medication list is important. Methylene blue given in a push dose of 1 to 2 milligrams per kilogram could safely be administered in patients on a single SSRI or SNRI, but the possibility of serotonin syndrome developing should be acknowledged as a possible side effect when considering its use in patients on multiple serotonergic drugs. However, I can't stress enough that we're using this oftentimes when you've used everything else and everything else has failed. 
So sometimes risk-benefit ratios are weighed, and the use of methylene blue is warranted. And what about the onset of action? How soon should we expect to start seeing the effect of the methylene blue we administer? Usually you'll start seeing the results of methylene blue administration quickly, typically less than 30 minutes. I can attest to that. In my single experience using methylene blue for an isolated angioedema of the tongue, I was pretty impressed with how rapid the onset of action was. In 10 to 15 minutes after administration, the patient noted significant improvement and was able to finally fit his tongue back in his mouth. In summary, the uses of methylene blue include methemoglobinemia and vasoplegia. For methemoglobinemia, we'll use 1.5 milligrams per kilogram, given over one to two minutes as a push dose one time. For vasoplegia, we will use one to two milligrams per kilogram as a push dose over one to two minutes, and then we can add an optional infusion of one to two milligrams per kilogram per hour, given over a max of one to two hours. It's important to only give this medication as a drip for one to two hours, especially if the patient's at high risk for serotonin syndrome based on the rest of their medical history and medication use. In terms of what to look out for, it's important that we don't use this medication in patients who are carriers of the G6PD enzymatic deficiency. And it's important to make sure we warn our nursing and support staff that the pulse oximetry reading will be falsely low during the entire administration of this medication. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you feel armed to administer the mysterious blue concoction on your next encounter with angioedema or refractory shock. And a very special thanks to Dr. Christine Murphy for her infinite wisdom on all things tox. From the J. Lee Garvey Innovation Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is EM Guidewire. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go, be awesome today. Seems he out.